Have we finally reached a tipping point? Margaret Thatcher warned about climate change in 1989. Al Gore presented his Inconvenient Truth in 2006, and Lord Stern warned about the same time that every year we failed to act would make the price of averting the climate crisis higher and higher. President Barack Obama signed the Paris Climate Change Accord along with some 190 countries in 2015. But despite all this, little has actually been done. Certainly not enough to make enough of a difference. Until now. Have we finally reached the tipping point? Have a Swedish schoolgirl, a naturalist in his 90s and a civil disobedience campaign in the streets of London finally led people to realise that the climate is in crisis and that it affects us all? Hello, I'm Anthony Day and this is the episode of the Sustainable Futures Report that I promised you to report on the actions of Extinction Rebellion. It's Friday the 26th of April or thereabouts, although this episode was written a couple of days earlier. Last month, some 700,000 people, some say a million, marched in London to express their dissatisfaction with Brexit. The march made some headlines, but most reports were on inside pages, and TV and radio coverage soon faded away. It's pretty much forgotten by most people. The Extinction Rebellion action started on the Monday before Easter and received much the same treatment in the press. It wasn't helped by the fire at Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, which drove most other news off the front pages. The difference was that Extinction Rebellion didn't just take place for a few hours on a Saturday afternoon. It's just finished, after two weeks, and over a thousand people have been arrested for civil disobedience. One of the people protesting in London, though not arrested, is John Cosham. He's been an environmental activist since the 1980s and won the 2008 Oxfam Carbon Footprint Competition with the lowest carbon footprint in the UK. Here's what he told me. Extinction Rebellion was started by some academics, um, one particular academic, Roger Hallam, who has studied um, social change and seen how uh, rapid social change always involves people doing uh, direct action or civil disobedience, um, ideally non-violent, because then there can be very, very few criticisms, um, and um, always involves people getting arrested and going to prison. I mean, all the successful social change uh, events have involved that, the, one, the ones that are very rapid social change, which is what we need in this situation. So uh, the, the, the idea was, let's... Let's do some civil disobedience with people who are willing to get arrested. It, when people get arrested, it gets in the news. We need to get to the climate emergency in the news. Um, and anything which can uh, increase our media presence is a good thing. And um, a lot of people are prepared to be arrested for this. Uh, some people are prepared to go to prison. I've even heard... Uh, a few people say they're willing to die for this. So it's obviously a big thing. That's, that's not me. Yes. And I don't know in what circumstances someone would 
uh, voluntarily put themselves in a situation where they could die for this. But um, I certainly, in theory, would be prepared to go to prison for this. I I don't want to be arrested and I don't want to go to prison. And I'm really sorry it's got this far. I've been uh, campaigning about climate change issues for 30 years or more. Yep. And Ooh, feel that I've failed and and have not succeeded in in getting this um getting this message through so extinction rebellion has kind of answered um has given me a little bit of hope where i was honestly i was running out right i have uh, sorry extinction rebellion have clearly got three demands uh, yes. For the government to come clean on the severity of the issue. Uh, the second one is to decarbonize by 2025. And the yes. third one is to set up a citizens' council to help coordinate the whole thing. Now, how a likely do you think it is that any of that will actually happen? <laughs> Extinction Rebellion uh, thinks, I mean, the, the, the figures that I've published uh, says that they think they've got a 40% chance of making, uh, making change happen, making this work. However, um, this is far better than a 0% chance of uh, uh, colloquially saving the planet if we do business as usual. And quite frankly, a 0% chance if we do what I've been doing for 30 years, which is petitions and marches and, and uh, flag-waving and, and living a low-carbon lifestyle and hoping that other people will copy, that has not worked. And, and I mean, it's certainly, it's certainly been a good thing that that's happened because it, it, it's laid the foundations for XR, but it has not changed society nearly as quickly enough as is needed. Um, so back to your question, do I think that um, the, the government will declare a climate emergency? I am cautiously optimistic about that because actually um, the politicians I've speak, spoken to and the hearsay evidence I've spoken to says they all know the scale of the problem and they don't know what to do. They don't, for instance, Hilary Benn, who I had a very long conversation with in 2008 when I won the Oxfam Carbon Footprint Competition and spent three and a half hours chatting to him. He was head of DEFRA at the time, mm-hmm. um, head of the Environment Department of the government. Yeah. Um, and he said he knew exactly what to do. He, he knew that people need to stop flying and eating meat and driving cars, but he couldn't advocate that as as a politician because people wouldn't vote for him so he was doing the very best he could as the head of defra um to to bring in as as stricter measures as he could possibly do politically so the third option with the citizens assembly is really uh, mischievous so the citizens assembly is a way of getting difficult decisions made can I just come back to your second thing, which okay. is how likely is it that we're going to hit zero carbon by 2025? Yes. Not a... I don't think there's any chance whatsoever that we're going to get to net zero carbon by 2025. But we have to try. We we have to aim high, or in this case, aim low. What I would say is that the sooner we can get our carbon emissions down, the better. 
And and I, I don't think we're going to stop catastrophic climate change. I, I just think the inertia in the system is too much. I think we'll be very, very lucky to dodge this bullet. But dodge it, we have to. We have to try and dance around this and work together to to, to, to go low carbon, to go zero carbon. There's lots of different ways we can do it. If the UK does this, it'll be wonderful. But of course, the UK on its own will make an insignificant difference. I have heard that Extinction Rebellion is active in other countries. I haven't heard about anything on the scale of what's gone on in London at the moment. We are very privileged in the UK that we can demonstrate and protest and not face pepper spray, uh, baton charges, guns, um, and, and, and being, being abducted and murdered. That is what happens to people in many countries, and bringing a climate emergency to those countries is going to be much more difficult. Now, there's a point here you can possibly answer. Uh, apparently, over a 1,000 people have been arrested, but only a relatively small number have actually been charged. So... What's I believe less, less, fewer than 50 have been charged with anything, and the rest have been released pending investigation, uh, which a lot of them will just be told, uh, we've investigated and found that you were sitting in the street and don't do it again and... Yeah. and oh, OK. That kind of thing. OK. So, but um, Extinction so, will ring all the publicity they possibly can about the hearings for those that have been charged. Yeah. Um, and, and some people have... So, for instance, um, I... I believe, so the, the Extinction Rebellion is expressly, expressly non-violent, and this means that the, the um, uh, things that people are being arrested for are very, very minor, because they haven't assaulted a police officer, they haven't resisted arrest, mm. they haven't done criminal damage. However, I believe that one um, Extinction Rebellion member decided when they uh, went to the offices of Shell in London and did a uh, um, spray spray chalk graffiti and uh, glued themselves to the doors. I think somebody decided to break a window. Yes. In order to up the um, so that when they go to trial, they will not be heard by a judge but by a jury, which oh. is the more so they've done a more serious act and a, not a non-violent act. Actually, a violent act, in my opinion. That breaking windows a violent act, in order to have have a jury decide whether they're guilty or not, and whether their defence, which is this bunch of murdering, you know, this this yeah, this yeah. company are murderers, um, actually gets them off. So I think that was calculated and very thoughtful. Mm. And I don't know what I think about it, but I'm I'm certainly aware of why they did that. Non non-violent act i i think the idea of a general strike is what we need we need people who are in unions people who care about uh saving the planet for their kids colloquially to come out on a general strike and to say this is the most important thing we have ever faced and um i think that that one has legs i think that will will probably happen and there was, there was I thinking it was just Brexit that was shaking up the UK. So whatever happens with Brexit, let's get it over and done with and get on with working with governments around the world about how we can go zero carbon. Otherwise, we're toast. Yeah.
John, thank you very much for this. It's, uh, well, we live, I can say, in interesting times. That's a cliche, isn't it? But these are times that we have not, never seen in our lifetimes. Uh, things are changing, and I think they're changing rapidly. So let's keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. John Cossum, inveterate eco-warrior and winner of the 2008 Oxfam Carbon Footprint Competition. Some controversial views there, I think. Last week, Sir David Attenborough presented an hour-long documentary, Climate Change, The Facts. People who had never taken part in a demonstration before turned up to support Extinction Rebellion, saying that Attenborough's message had made them take action. His documentary on the damage done to the natural world by plastic shocked public opinion. Could he now be doing the same for people's awareness of the climate crisis? Greta Thunberg, the Swedish 16-year-old who started the school strike for the climate and went on to address the United Nations, the World Economic Forum and several governments, was in London to speak at Extinction Rebellion. She went on to speak at a packed meeting at the House of Commons, attended by all party leaders except the Prime Minister. She criticised the government for arguing about truancy and civil disobedience when the urgent issue is the issue of climate change. It was reported that of the people in the room, Michael Gove, Environment Minister, had the greatest power to take action, but said the least of any substance. Have we reached the tipping point? Don't ignore the backlash, which has hardly started. An editorial in the Sun newspaper criticised the police for failing to clear Extinction Rebellion from the streets. Some commentators called an activist seen with a smartphone a hypocrite because smartphones contain scarce resources and involve polluting processes in manufacture. Others criticised Emma Thompson for flying in from Los Angeles. Air travel is, of course, a significant source of carbon emissions to address protesters. Not all activists are living exemplary lives, but that doesn't invalidate the scientific arguments which tell us that climate is in crisis. Anecdote and abuse is the response of those who realise that they've lost the argument. Don't underestimate the vast vested interests who will attempt to derail the climate movement at any cost. More about that and the phenomenon of denial in future weeks. I'm Anthony Day, and this has been an interim episode of the Sustainable Futures Report. As the planet warms, the debate appears finally to be warming up. I'll continue to monitor the situation and report on how we can build a sustainable future. I'm away from base at the moment, so there will be no Sustainable Futures Report next week, but I'm aiming to be back to normal later in May. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you.